Our passion didn't start with the mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness in all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on the tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of teeth. And let's get honest, the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist, too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Dental Handoff. I am your hostess, Dr. Kelly Tanner, RDH. And today I have with me a long-standing friend of mine, Angela Richwine. Hi, Angela. I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I have known Angela for... 20 plus years. Um, we knew, so I told her, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to tell what I think our story is. And I'm going to have you tell what you think that you remember our story is. So I remember Angela from, <laughs> from the Virginia Dental Hygienist Association. She lives in Virginia with me. And I think that we were an event. And, and I think but, though, before that though, it was, we were at meetings together with the association and we would run each other at the events. And, and you guys know those friends where it's like, you don't have to even see them. And you're just like, you kept, you pick up right where you leave off. And Angela's always been one of those folks in my life and just so grateful for her. Angela, how do you remember it? Oh gosh, Kelly, I am one specific memory is that you blew me, blew me away with your intelligence. Um, and it was during one of our lunch, everything that you said, yes. Um, but I remember sitting at one of our lunch breakouts and um, I was sitting at the table and I don't even know what I was doing or who I was sitting with. But then you came over and you just sat there and blah, 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 blah. And we we're just chit chatting and chit chatting. And then I was just like, you had to leave. Um, we stayed and we chatted for maybe 10, 15 minutes and then you got up and left. And I thought she is just so special. She is a gem. She is so intelligent. She is on a mission. She is, she is someone who I know I'm going to love forever. And she is always going to be a part of my life, no matter where I go. Oh, that is so, that's so hard. That makes my heart happy. This is great. Thank you. No, I, I remember like sitting and having an intensive conversation because it was like your energy was so similar, but I always make it a mission to sit next to people I don't know, or I haven't met when I'm at this meeting. So that way I can make people feel welcome, love on people. And I think that's how you came into my life. So um, just a quick, quick little blip. I haven't seen Angela in forever. And recently I was talking to her and a few other ways. And she showed up at a meeting from another mutual person I had just met and a meeting in Fredericksburg. And I'm like, no, I have to talk to you like two or three times in one week. It's been 20 years or however long it's been. So just so glad you're back in my life. And I wanted to tell people about the good work that you're doing because I'm so fascinated by it. And just by your path, tell us a little bit about your journey and why dental hygiene. 
Right. Thank you. Oh, uh, gosh. So let's see. I've been in the dental field for 28 years now, and I started up in Reston, Northern Virginia. And um, I was working at a restaurant, uh, putting myself through college. And uh, one of my coworkers said, Angela, my God, every single weekend, you always have dental questions for me. Why don't you just come and work at my office? We'll train you there. So I was 19 and I started working in orthodontics. So I worked in orthodontics for about six years, four years into it. Um, one of my dental hygiene mentors, Kathy Berard, she would come down into our ortho bay um, to see her handicap patients because we always had this open chair where um, wheelchairs and such could fit. So she would come down and uh, frequently and she would just say over time, Angela, you know, I don't say this to everybody, but you need to go to hygiene school. You really talk a lot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. So thank you, Kathy. So uh, she just heard the passion in my voice when I would explain things to the patient. She would listen to how I would treat them and talk to them and such. So anyhow, I went to hygiene school and um, then got married into the military, the Marine Corps, went out to California, took my boards out there, became a hygienist out there, and also learned how to, um, I took the course to give um, local anesthesia and administer nitrous oxide oxygen sedation. So we were out there for a few years and moved back to Northern Virginia. There is when Kathy found me again and said, Angela, we're going to bring you onto the board. You're going to sit on the political action. Uh, you're going to be the chair for the political action committee. And uh, we're going to bring local anesthesia to Virginia. Let's do this. Okay, great. So Kelly, that's where I met you is through the VDHA. And uh, my passion for dental hygiene has really grown so, so much since being exposed to um, lobbying and the political aspect of moving forward in the advancements in what dental hygienists can do for our state and not only or in our state, but not only in our state, but nationwide. And it's just so important to be a member of um, your professional or just have these professional memberships so that you can contribute to improving your career, your field, um, and just helping everybody grow and learn and share. So from dental hygiene and moving from state to state with the Marine Corps. Uh, my husband retired from the Marine Corps, uh, gosh, in 2011. And then from North Carolina, we moved back to Virginia. So now we are in central Virginia. And I was, um, but during all of our time away, you know, you have to keep up with your licensure, uh, keep it active. So you have to continue taking all of your continuing education courses and units and such. I would always travel back to Northern Virginia or to Virginia, wherever the Virginia Dental Hygienist Association was hosting their annual session, which is, I think it's usually in March, the end of March. Um, and during that weekend, you can get all of your um, annual CEUs uh, just in that one weekend and it's extended. So um, anyhow, I would always run into everybody and it was always so nice to see coworkers and uh, friends and uh, professional peers, just peers, and be in the unit together again. Um, during one of our, probably maybe 18 years ago, I took a course and it was only a, a quick 30 minute introduction to what orofacial myology is, orofacial myofunctional therapy. And it really hit me. It really rested deep in my mind. And I think 
just in my soul. So um, over the last 15 plus years, oh my God, it must, gosh, I feel like it's even longer than that now. But um, I learned enough in that course that would trigger, that triggered me to wanting to learn more. So the internet wasn't bad back then, but we had small children and I was moving and shifting and getting through deployments and having another kid. And so it was just one thing after the other. And my focus wasn't on me. It was on the family, which it still is, but I throw myself in there from time to time. And myofunctional therapy, I learned a lot about, and I knew one day I was going to be a part of that field. Um, and what orofacial myofunctional therapy, not just being a big mouthful of words. Uh, what it is, is oral, the mouth, facial, of course, the face, myofunctional, myo meaning muscle, functional is the function of the muscle. So we work mostly with the head and the neck about um, the movements and the function of the muscles. So I'm going to just stand up for a second, show you my shirt, because it's really what it comes down to is, where is your tongue? I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could just keep talking. Um, yes. I'm going to pause for a moment if you have any questions. <laughs> yeah. So you you moved around. You you had this tidbit of information that just dropped in you that resonated from something that someone said, which I always find so interesting because that's the importance of telling our story and telling our why and uh, sharing what it is that we know because it's in those moments that we share that that it can resonate with someone so deeply and it. it it just, it's the ripple effect of how people can keep sharing and growing. So with that, it's, uh, you, you took, you latched onto this because you felt that this was a big change, a big shift in the way that you could care for your patients. And once you see something like this, you can't unsee it, right? That's the truth. So tell us more about this. Like, what was your next step? How did it grow within you? And like, where are you now with it? Yes. All right. So my why, I'll, I'll start with my why. Um, so my why is um, my children. So the, the speaker at this um, seminar was uh, talking about some things to look for and some signs and some symptoms. And I just thought, okay, this is, this is interesting because I just had a baby, my first, and I just had, you know, all of these different types of um, problems. Had a lot of problems with my firstborn. Um, 23 hour labor, lots and lots of pushing, exhausting. They had to use the, um, the forceps to pull him out. And, um, and it was uh, pretty traumatic and anesthesia wore off. And boy, that's what make women strong, right? So um, uh, we had a horrible time latching uh, to breastfeed and feeding throughout his life, depression. We had to go through a lot of counseling starting at age five. Um, we had, we just, we had a lot of problems. Well, it didn't dawn on me or my mother because she's a nurse and she stayed with me for a little bit. She's like, no, you got this, you know, he'll grow out of it. And just like all the other physicians and the IBCLC, the lactation consultants, um, they're like, no, you'll get through it. It'll be fine. Um, this may be a little graphic for some people, but it's truthful. It's the bleeding cracked nipples and the mastitis and the pain and the lack of sleep um, for both the baby and for myself. And 
little by little, I think that he's my why. So I'll just wrap it up. He's my why. And I don't want other moms to have to go through what I went through. So what can I do to help? What can I do? I can share my story. Yes. But I have to go something, do something further. So in that webinar, I kept on coming back to certain things that would trigger, okay, I, I need to read more about this. I need to learn more. And there's just so much information. Google Scholar has amazing research there that will show what a tongue tie can do to the entire body. Everything is connected. Everything is connected. So what I uh, do now is I work hygiene one day a week and it's only for four hours and I just can't get out of it yet because I just still find passion in it. So I'm just dabbling in it and I'm so thankful for my office where I work that they allow me just to come in for such a short time. Um, But what I do now is I'm an orofacial myofunctional therapist and I work with uh, patients, clients, uh, the term is used interchangeably. working with myofunctional disorders. And there's so many to think about, Um, but it's characterized with the dysfunction and it can interfere with normal growth and development. Um, And it affects breathing and speech and chewing and swallowing and your oral rest posture. So just like my t-shirt, where's your tongue? Your tongue should always be in your palate, always. It's your natural orthodontic appliance. And when a baby is born, that tongue, we are born obligate nose breathers, which means we should be breathing through our nose all the time. So if your mouth is open and you're breathing through your mouth, close it, close it. If you see your baby doing, you know, breathing close, stick your thumb right underneath their their jaw and push that tongue up and that tongue should go to the roof of their mouth. But sometimes if there is a tethered oral tissue then, or a, you know, a restriction, um, then it can hold the tongue down and it may not go up into the palate. And one thing, it's a, it's a trickle effect. Um, I can get into that, I suppose, later, but to go back to the why, that's my son. He's, he's my why. You, do, you explained like how he progressed and that you all went through counseling. Was all that related to that in some way? Yeah. To the tongue tie. You want to tell us more about that? Yeah, we had him actually. um, We went to the ENT because he was ear infection after ear infection. Um, His anatomy was just, he was growing long. He was growing long because his tongue was never resting up. It was never resting on his palate, in his palate. And he was always a mouth breather. His mouth was always open and long, just a long faced kid. And it just kills me in hindsight because he just graduated high school. And so I put together this huge collage of photos and almost every single photo I see him with his mouth open. And all I can think of is, had I known then what I know now? And now I, I, I'm having a brain fart <laughs> because now I want to say so much more. Um, but the, everything, everything is related. Um, and now research shows us this. Um, we went through... Gosh, yeah, his sleep study. He, the ENT said, "Oh no, his tonsils look fine." Well, I do recall looking, and they weren't quite kissing each other, but they were pretty enlarged. But let's go ahead and do a sleep study. Okay, so we went in and did this sleep study, and it showed that he had mild sleep apnea. Mild. So let's just go ahead and say they'll grow out of it. Let's not do anything about it. Let's keep the tonsils in. Okay, fine. I'm a proponent of keeping body parts in. Um, you know, a natural healing, the tonsils are. And anyway, um, 
So we just thought, okay, well, we'll let him grow out of it. Well, you know, then there's depression involved because he's not getting any sleep. Because when you breathe through your nose rather than your mouth, your nose has a filter, your mouth doesn't. So breathing through your mouth, you're not getting that type of um, good oxygen to get into the bloodstream. When you breathe through your nose, your nose creates this natural gas or breathing in. And uh, it's called nitric oxide. I'm not a breathing specialist, so I'm not going to go into detail about that. But um, it it creates uh, this natural gas in your body. You inhale um, into the lower third of your lungs, works with your parasympathetic system, and you just have better blood flow. It's um, sympathetic versus parasympathetic. You have your fight or flight, and then you have, you know, your rest and digest. When you breathe through your nose, your tongue is up, you have a very calming effect, and you're getting good oxygen. You're just, your body has optimal health when you're in a rest and digest state. But mouth breathers are in the sympathetic state where you're in that fight or flight. You are, um, you're, you're always uh, on edge. You're just not calmed. Um, you know, eating is a big thing as well. So he was a very picky eater. He only wanted soft foods. He didn't want anything um, that he had to work hard to chew. He had, uh, it was just easier with a tongue tie to not have to shift the foods around and chew in his mouth. He was more along the lines of just wanting to swallow the food. Anything soft, that's the easiest thing. If it melted in the mouth, great, Uh, easy to swallow, easy to digest. And we need our muscles of mastication to always move. We need the face to work all of your muscles um, in order to have proper development and growth and a good swallow pattern, but everything's connected. So how would a dental professional recognize, like, what are some things that we can do just to say, oh, this may be an, an issue when a patient's in our chair, or even if you're looking at someone, then we have to be in our chair. Cause I know that you could probably see it from hundred miles away now. Right. Yes. It's a blessing and a curse. And I absolutely love both. <laughs> uh, some of the signs, signs, excuse me, that you can look for are lips apart. Like when they're just watching TV or, you know, a lot of kids are on their devices now. Um, uh, you want to look for swallow pattern when they swallow. Does the tongue come forward? Do the teeth come together? Or is, are the front, do the teeth come together in the back or are the front teeth separated? That's called an open bite. Is there a lisp? Are there speech disorders? Again, I'm, I'm a hygienist and a myofunctional therapist. I'm not a speech uh, therapist, so I can't really, uh, I can't diagnose or anything like that. But, you know, when you speak to someone, you can watch where the tongue goes. And if it comes forward, that's just not normal. Um, it's kind of common, but not normal. Uh, drooling. Is there a lot of drooling? Is there a thumb sucking or a digit sucking? Um, or is the pacifier being used uh, past 12 months of age? Uh, the, the tongue thrust, mouth breathing. That's the biggest thing is the mouth breathing. Now, lips can be separated and the tongue can be up. But if there's no nose nasal breathing, then there's just going to be other types. There's something else going on. In the dental field, in the dental chair, one of the main things that you can look for, even ENTs and um, speech and language pathologists, OTs, PTs, IBCLCs, 
you can look for is a scalloped border of the tongue. So it's just like, it looks like the teeth Im embedded, like the teeth marks on the side of your tongue. And that just shows that the tongue is not resting properly. There's not enough space in your mouth. If you feel like that your tongue is too big for your mouth, that's not the case. It's just that the mouth is too small for your tongue. Your tongue is supposed to be that size, but we just need to make the mouth that size. So how do we do that? Well, from the very beginning. So if you have the knowledge to make sure that the tongue is up on the roof of the mouth for a baby. Um, if not, then if you see that the tongue is low resting often, then, um, you know, go see your pediatrician and um, go see an ENT, go see your dentist, um, a speech and language pathologist who's trained in myofunctional therapy can immediately tell if there's a tongue tie or a tethered oral tissue or a restriction of some sort. But mouth breathing is one of the number one signs. Venus pooling. I didn't sleep well last night, so I really have these, you know, venous pooling is the dark bags underneath the eyes. Um, that's also another sign that you can look for. Dental professionals, especially scallop, scalloped border of the tongue. Gaggers. Oh my gosh, when you take x-rays, a lot of those who, when you put the sensors in the mouth, if they're a gagger, chances are that they may have a restriction, a, a tethered restriction. Makes um, sense. The tongue is just not able to move anywhere. So it's that fight or flight. And you're not sticking that in my mouth. And that tongue is just so big. And it's like, yeah, get that thing out. <laughs> So you correct it with sometimes uh, through revision of the oral tissues. Also, orthodontics is another way to to you know revise the the arch too. Correct. Yes. Thank you for leading me into that. I meant to say that too. Oh, it's okay. So, yeah. So myofunctional therapists, what we do is we look. We want to find the root cause. We want to find the why and why um, why the mouth breathing. Why is their mouth breathing? Why is there snoring? Why is there um, picky eating? Why is there a speech problem? Why is there, that's when we refer to as a, a speech language pathologist, but we refer to dentists, ENTs. We want to see if there's nasal patency. Can they breathe through both nostrils? Um, we refer to orthodontists. We want to have expansion on the palate. If there is expansion on the palate, then we want that tongue to fit up in there. And if the tongue doesn't fit, we need to make room up there. So uh, an orthodontist plays a very big role in in what we do. We want to make space in the mouth. That's awesome. And so I know I did 100 hours of CE and functional functional orthodontics back when I was a baby hygienist. And we learned so much about the airway, the gait. I mean, this has been... 25 years ago, even before it was a thing, you know, it like a well thought of thing. And people are like, why are you looking at all that? That's weird. And I'm like, no, it's all connected. And it, I know that the premise is if you, if you can treat it, recognize it and treat it earlier, it's obviously better for lifespan, better for health outcomes, a lot better for a lot of different things. But how does it, so you're, what I hear you saying, kind of like some, some things that you're saying, a scallop tongue, tongue position, how the teeth come together when they're in your chair. And then is there anything else you said also to like the, like dark circles underneath the eyes as well? Yeah. Another thing to look for is that forward head resting posture. So if that, if there's a lot of slouching, you know, going on, a lot, it's the teenage syndrome, it's the teenage cell phone syndrome kind of thing. Um, if they're always, if their head is forward, they're, they're trying to open up their airway 
Because if they have maybe a, a lower um, jaw that's pushed back, we you know, words for that, but for those who are unfamiliar with those, if the jaw is set backward, then um, then it just blocks the airway. And if they're blocking the airway, then they tend to lean forward so that they can open that airway so that they can breathe better. And when that happens, the mouth comes open as well. And then has anybody seen that movie, Napoleon Dynamite? Yes. Did it drive you crazy? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 And unfortunately, we just have so many um, people who have that. And it's, it's unfortunate, you know, the forward rolled shoulders, the slouching, snoring. Snoring is such a big deal. It's just the lack of air that's being um, entered into the body. There's an obstruction. There is, there's something else going on. So we have to really pay attention to what our bodies are telling us. Yeah. And something I put together the other day, my children and I went to the beach a few weeks ago and I noticed that a lot of swimmers have that elongated face and surfers too, for whatever, because they're constantly gasping for air to come up and, and breathe because it's not their natural tendency because they usually have this closed. So have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Michael Phelps is just a great example. He is <laughs> just one of the most amazing, you know, Olympic uh, decorated Olympian. And, um, you know, you just, you, you look at Michael Phelps and he has that long face, the narrow palate, the skewed uh, by malocclusion. And I mean, just look at how much he's accomplished. But, you know, we often wonder in our field, of course, we can look at someone and say, oh yeah, this, 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 and we can die, you know, really um, assess um, disorders. And we think, gosh, how much better could he have been? if he had that open airway, but swimmers for sure, big athletes, actually, you know, it would be a very good thing to be able to teach these athletes proper breathing. It just, in, and again, I'm, I'm not a breathing specialist, but um, I'll throw in um, a resource, Buteco <laughs> breathing, uh, Wim Hof breathing, a lot of these different types of yoga breathing uh, exercises that can be done. Um, Breathing through your nose when it creates that nitric oxide and it goes, you know, into the bloodstream and through your body, um, your endurance, you can last longer and you can run further. And if you control your breathing and you control uh, everything that's happening inside of your body, uh, nasal breathing can really go a long way. Uh, I, there's just there's a there's not enough time to get into it and, and again I'm not a breathing specialist. No, that's so interesting though because it's all I've known for a long time, that's all related, but it's cool to have you tell us all about it. So how did people learn more and how can they reach out to you if they wanted to say, Hey, Angela, I want to know more from you or someone, you know? Sure. Yeah. So I, I actually, I have my own business. It's called central Virginia OMT. Uh, the website is just com, And, um, my website is a work in progress and, uh, <laughs> but I also volunteer for Airway Circle. Airway Circle um, is it's a resource and educational center for professionals, airway professionals, dental, um, goodness, everybody, IBCLCs, PTs, OTs, speech and language pathologists, um, MDs, uh, everybody, everybody, dentists. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a platform for airway professionals to come together and learn, share, collaborate, grow. Uh, there's an online directory for parents who can also go on there. And, uh, from there you can look at the directory and actually whomever is listening to this, um, 
professional, healthcare professional, or non-healthcare professional, if you are a healthcare professional, then you can go to airwaycircle.com and you can uh, join the directory for free. Uh, there is a membership and the membership does allow you access to all of the Zoom sessions, the educational material, all of the, um, we have all, every Thursday evening, we have a, a Zoom from 8 to 9 p.m. And uh, it's, it's so educational. Everything, we have every platform of healthcare on there. Um, and we do have other courses and classes that we take and offer um, on the weekends once a month. But for parents, especially, we have all these these professionals on there and their professions listed. So it's it's just an informative uh, location for everyone to go see and can benefit from. I love the collaboration and that leadership also aspect of it. You know, this is a lot of what the dental handoff is about too, is because you stepped up to be a leader in a way that you saw that it was important. And now to have resources that support this. I mean, if you have to make a referral, it's really important to know who to refer to because some other providers may say, no, it's not a problem. But then some are like, oh, yeah, this is a problem. So that calibration of that understanding of when to treat, when not to treat is important. But that educational aspect and becoming a member, I think, is is a critical piece of it. Because you could be, just like with anything, you could tell your patient something at, at, that, they, that you're seeing, something they need to referral for. But then when they refer, it's like, ah, no, nah, we'll just watch it. And it's like, oh, you can, you know. So with everyone being on the same page with that educational piece is such a critical piece of it. It really is. And that line, if for any parents who are listening, that one line, they're going to grow out of it. They're going to grow out of it, out of it. Follow your mom gut, follow your mom gut, because if it is a tethered oral tissue, something else, they're not going to grow out of it. I have an 18 year old living in my house and there's research. I have personal experience in addition to all this research now um, that you can look up, use your internet. There's just so much information out there. Find that correlation um, and collaborate, collaborate with your professionals. And if you don't have a myofunctional therapist in your area, there are a lot of myofunctional therapists who see clients virtually. And uh, a lot of us are listed on airwaycircle.com. But, um, you know, they don't teach us this in school. They don't teach us this in hygiene school and dental school. And uh, I just took another webinar the other day. And I think it was a, um, a four-hour course in one of the medical professions. And I'm not going to say which one it is. Uh, but it was, it was just a shock to the system. We need to get this word out more because no one needs to suffer. And why do we need to continue to slap medication as a band-aid on the symptom when we um, should really find the root cause? And that's what we're here for. We want to find the root cause so that we can help you get better, feel better, do better, and have optimal health. Absolutely. And that longevity of health, because right. we know that limited breathing decreases your lifespan because of all the things you just talked about. So, so informative, Angela. I'm so happy that you're, I mean, you've always been brilliant and always, you were, you were doing local anesthesia before any of us in Virginia were. That's why you brought it back. And we were always like, Ooh, what's it like? Tell us more about it. And so you're that leader for us in the VA and the Commonwealth. So we, I so appreciate you being with us today and sharing this. And you all, um, it'll be in the show notes as well. Central Virginia OMT, also Airway Circle. Is that what you also said, Angela? Correct. Okay. To to 
connect with other people, learn more. The Googles, the inner wide webs, the worldwide webs is a big thing too, to look into. So um, thank you for being a guest here with us, Angela. Oh, I loved every minute, Kelly. Thank yeah. you. Um, it's, it's such a delight. And for our viewers and listeners, if you wouldn't mind, do me a favor, uh, go to Apple and like us and subscribe to our podcast. That's the way that we improve and grow our numbers and subscribers. So I really appreciate that from from um, that favor that you're doing for us. And you all rock out your day. Thanks for everything that you're doing. And thanks for listening. Be well. Mm-hmm.